So Doug Crixton and Jacqueline Sykes here today, and we want to welcome you to another episode of Hygiene Profit Leaders Podcast. So we are both dental hygienists and are also clinical trainers here at the Scheduling Institute. And gosh, Doug, I think between the two of us, we've been into close to a thousand different offices all over the world. So we hear and see a lot, especially when it comes to the topic of, you know, exercise and dental hygiene. So today we're going to be talking a lot about this, kind of the idea of us needing some specific kinds of exercise in order to kind of combat the the day-to-day positioning that's required of us in our roles. So, you know, we're going to explore that today with you guys and uh, try and get some feedback too from each other to share with you as far as you know, simple exercises that maybe you could um, do at home or in the office between patients, and also some more structured classes that might be better and beneficial in helping with this. And then also give you some tips of some exercise and stretches to actually avoid. Um, you know, it could actually make some some of the pain that you may be experiencing or discomfort worse. So, um, Doug, you know, we've been talking a little bit about this and. You and I can both resonate with this, and I think you have definitely experienced this as a hygienist, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I was practicing more than 10 years, and I definitely feel the pain. In fact, I was just mentioning the other day that even my posture now, I've been out of private practice for a couple years, but my posture now, even from years of doing it, is, is off because of hygiene. And, you know, some of us are thinking... You know, you work all day as a hygienist, and the last thing you want to go do is go work out or do exercises. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I, I know I know what people are thinking. And you don't necessarily have to do a huge gym two-hour workout afterwards or before work. Yeah. Some of these are just simple things that you need to train your body to do to loosen you up, to give you a, a lot longer time in hygiene. Because the thing is, statistically, a lot of hygienists will – leave the field of hygiene due to some kind of physical pain. In fact, statistically, most hygienists only work seven to 10 years clinically. One of the main reasons is because of physical pain. And we know when we went to hygiene school, we couldn't do certain postures, right? Because we had instructors right behind us. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it really got me thinking, if you're like Doug and I, you probably knew that, you know, exercise was important before you entered the field of, of dental hygiene. Um, but if you didn't, you know, uh, I know that I, I just didn't realize how critical it was going to be and, you know, how many days that you leave and you have some sort of ache or pain in your back or your neck or your hand or your wrist at the end of, of one of those long days. And what I love, Doug, is, is you kind of reminding us that it doesn't have to be a two-hour workout, right? A two-hour intense, strenuous workout at the end of a long day. There are some things that we can do, um, you know, pretty pretty easily to get our ourselves back on track, right? Oh, absolutely. Because you got to remember, you know, there's another stat out there that says over 80% of, of hygienists in the first year that you're a hygienist experience some kind of pain. So your body's trying to tell you something. And if we don't correct it now, 
you're going to pay for it later. It's kind of like periodontal disease, right? Like a lot of it doesn't even hurt right now. So you may go even months doing the wrong position and it doesn't necessarily hurt, but it'll catch up to you. Just like periodontal disease may not hurt at the start, but it'll come back for you. So we got to just be actively engaged in our workout routines, even if you're like, well, I don't really feel any pain now. That's a, no, that's a good point, Doug. And, um, and I think that happens a lot, you know, because of the way that we have to be positioned and our arms really kind of like needing that stable base to, to kind of operate from it, it does, it puts a lot of strain in, in your shoulder muscles and kind of those stabilizing muscles and really forces them to, to have good endurance, but they tend to really get tired pretty quickly with those. Um, I don't know how, you know, over time, I guess I'll just call it laziness, right? Where you start to let the head drift to the side or forward, or your back really starts to sink over and round forward. And, um, you know, you don't keep that, that perfect positioning that you once had in hygiene school. And, and so, you know, you may not feel it today. And I know I didn't feel it some days or weeks. And then all of a sudden, it's like it hits you like a ton of bricks. And that's when I think those muscles fatigue, all of those other muscles have now compensated for it and they just become so overworked and tight and just uncomfortable. I mean, guys, as, as hygienists, if you wanna do a check switch on yourself, the next time you're scaling the distal of number two, look <laughs> to see what you, you know, what you look like or look at your other team member and see what they're doing and go up behind them, like work with each other to say, hey, you know that you got to get that posture better because, you know, you, you go through hygiene school and it's a hard process and, and you want this to be able to be a career that you can do for many, many, many years. And there's hygienists out there that 40 plus years as a hygienist, mm -hmm. but it's because a lot of it is because of, of, of how they position themselves. Because you think about it, you may do the same muscle movements eight times a day, basically the same. And you do it a day in and day out, right? Like you were saying mm -hmm. that now your, your body's compensated. I'll tell you, my movement, I can bend my head because I'm right-handed. I can bend my neck down lower on my right side than I can on my left side. So if you guys just try that, just look straight, tilt your head to the right. If you're right-handed, you and if you can have more movement, then if you do the left side, you probably need to get some more balance in your muscles because the imbalance of muscles is a big factor on our muscles doing this compensation thing. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I have muscle imbalance, right? And when you have that, you don't have your overall wellness, you know, that we promote, you know, that you should have overall wellness. And here we are unbalanced. Right. right. Do you ever feel like that? Oh yeah. Actually, when you were when you were saying that, Doug, I was uh, I was turning my neck and kind of bending it to the right and bending it to the left. And you're right. You know, it it feels a little easier on that side. Yeah. <laughs> it feels a little easier on that side. Your, your and, ear you will know. get closer to your shoulder on your right side if you're a right-handed hygienist. In right. most cases, if it's not, then you must be doing something to to compensate the imbalance of that muscle movement. Yep. Yep. Well, and it's, you know, it's something that, um, it's something that we just, like you said, I think with a lot of other things in dentistry and dental hygiene, we do what we call make it work, right? 
oh, you know what, Doug, I'll just make it work today. I'll just make, you know what, in order for me to get to, to really see that tooth that I want to see, I'm just going to, I'm just going to twist a little this way. Right. And then, you know, we, we forget how important, like, dental hygienists, other dental professionals, you know, dentists too, dental assistants. I mean, we require some specific exercises to promote that overall wellness that you were talking about. So we've got to really target those specific muscle groups and we should kind of look to the evidence because there are, there are people out there that have studied, you know, what are we prone to with those muscle imbalances and what kind of exercises actually are going to make that worse? And and some of those exercises, I was pretty surprised to learn about because they're exercises that for the general public are are promoted as really good types of exercise. So things like CrossFit or P90X or doing those exercises where you kind of make the T shape with your arms and you hold the the free weights or vertical rows, um, those Superman exercises, which I was glad to hear those are on the no-no list because I hate those anyway. Um, but, you know, who, who would have known, right? A lot of those exercises, when I was practicing every single day, I was doing CrossFit at night and I thought I was doing myself a favor without really looking to the evidence and the research to find out that that wasn't helping my muscle imbalance. I was actually making some of those areas worse. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I... I never have done CrossFit, but I've done a couple rounds of P90X. And yeah, I mean, you do that many pull-ups and then you sit all day in a chair with your arm propped at a certain angle. Yeah, you're going to feel it. So, you know, that was years ago. And now I'm like, yeah, it makes sense why P90X probably wasn't the best workout activity for me. But, you know, it's, it's more, you know, what can you do? Things exactly. For example, core exercises are great. You got to have a good core strengthen that core because that's going to really help your posture and sitting up so planks um holding those planks what were some of those other ones that, that you come down on the wall yeah like you know i mean o- overall if you if you can get in a whole class you know or if you can devote a whole hour we've always heard it but sometimes you just don't you don't put the importance there with yoga and bar class pilates um even the spin you know spin classes on the stationary bike um just really, really good for, you know, they're low impact. They um, help reduce some of that lower back pain and carpal tunnel syndrome. And they also, you know, help promote like relaxation for your mind and your body. So, you know, like you were saying, Doug, strengthening the core is so important. But also too, I mean, our role as a hygienist demands a significant amount of mental and physical energy. <laughs> so, um, so having sometimes a class like yoga or Pilates where you get a chance to kind of rest your mind and relax your body too, kind of doing double duty there and knocking, you know, two birds out with one stone. But yeah, some of those um, simple stretches that you could do at home or in the office in between patients, if you don't have the time to do an entire hour is like those wall slides where you kind of put your back against the wall and you put your arms all the way up, stretch them all the way up above your head and just slide them down, um, keeping in touch with the wall behind you, just sliding your arms, you know, all the way down. 
or um, hip flexor stretches, or like you were saying, planks. Um, a lot of these too, what I like about this is they don't, they don't require equipment. You don't have to go to a gym. I mean, you could do this, you know, on your living room floor, you could do this um, in your operatory, you know, those wall slides. Mm -hmm. um, so by staying consistent with doing those small, efficient exercises, I mean, you really can maintain a good posture and strengthen your abdominal muscles and really just help, like you said, to prevent over time that compensation happening and that muscle imbalance happening. And then before you know it, you feel like you've been, you know, you feel like you're just kind of wrecked, right? I mean, everything is hurting. Right. Because if you think about it, once you get down to where you're scaling, you're concentrated on such a small area. All your focus is down on there. You really don't move. Mm -hmm. but your muscles so many are engaged in keeping you at a certain position because you have to use those finite skills of i mean you're scaling such small areas so you think okay my, my fingers but then you know what's your elbow doing where's your shoulder where's that and and we tend to close in our bodies and that's why you have to open it back up again so by putting your arms you know on walls and stretching out your chest for you that are right-handed, when you drive home, you know, throw your arm over to the passenger seat behind the headrest. You oh, know, yeah. that stretch, just pull, feels amazing. If you're yeah. left-handed, not sure what you do. I mean, if you're in Europe, you're okay, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, just simple things, just driving home, just open that up between patients. Put your fingers and your thumbs together, have them touch, and then just flex them together until all the fingers, uh, you know, touch to where... If, if you, you know, you get your palms, pull your palms out, but get your fingers to flex all that. Because if you think about it, they're all like a claw, right? That pull in. So you got to flex them back out. Uh, you know, one of the big things is that, you know, your wrist. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. The wrist is something you overlook all the time. I mean, I know I did. I, I hardly ever did the kind of what you were saying, like flipping your palms out and stretching them back the other way or wrist, you know, you just, you just don't think about it a lot of times. And, and how many times, Jacqueline, have you been in offices where hygienists have said that they have carpal tunnel or have had carpal tunnel surgery? Oh, all the time, all the time. So, you know, if you think about it, if you're palm to palm, flip your hands over and go back of hand to back of hand with your fingers pointing down and then push together. If you do that, like I'm doing it right now and I can feel that. Mm-hmm. Feels good. It, it does feel good because we're so used to palm to palm. You need to go back to hand to back of hand with your fingers down and then, you know, rotate that. And you can really feel that pulling to, and it, what it's doing is it's, it's bringing back into that balance of the muscles. Yeah. Well, so Doug, so, so what should we do if we're in an office where, you know, it's, it's kind of, Hey, this is the chair that I have. It's on wheels. It doesn't have back support. It's, it's uncomfortable. Like I'm just kind of, you know, that's the card that I was dealt and I'm just, I'm stuck with this chair and with bad positioning. Well, think about it this way. What if we had a patient that came in that says, Hey, I'm doing, I'm brushing just like I should and everything. And then you take a look at their toothbrush and it was like, you know, six years old, you know, or 10 year old toothbrush uh -huh. the technique could be right. But if you don't have the right equipment, it doesn't matter how good your technique is. So you could be doing these core exercises, these stretches and everything, but if you have like a bad chair, that could be causing the brunt of it. So yes, you do need to find a chair 
that fits well, that you feel good with. But a lot of teams, they're afraid that like, oh, the doctor, he's not going to pay for that. And, you know, hopefully he or she will. But they have to understand if you want to stay as a hygienist and make this a lifelong career, mm-hmm. get yourself something good to sit on. And there's a lot of options out there. I've seen the big bubble chairs. I've seen saddles. You know, the point is, even if your doctor won't pay for it, then what you need to do is you should invest in you. You should buy something that you just bring and say, hey, I need this chair. Just like you would recommend a, a patient use an electric toothbrush. Your technique's good. Use an electric toothbrush. So buy a good chair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, it, last but not least, I mean, take those opportunities, you know, even if it's just small breaks throughout the day, like you said, a simple wrist stretch or, you know, turning your palms and facing them, you know, in the opposite direction. So they're not in that kind of claw shape that they're in all day. Or even during those, um, those moments where those times you're, you're talking with a patient, but you're not working on them or you're helping them fill out paperwork or you're doing chart notes, you know, switch to a different chair if possible with some good back support and really lean into the back. Because, you know, even if you're, if you're able to do that a couple of times a day, it just allows a break, right? It allows your, your back and your neck and your shoulder muscles um, a break from being kind of stuck in that one position all day. And so, you know, believe it or not, I mean, if you're, if you're doing that a couple of times a day, by the end of the day, by the end of the week, by the end of the month, by the end of the quarter, I mean, you just aren't feeling as stiff and as, as tight as you would be if you, you do, you know, what a lot of us do, which is kind of ignore it and make it work until we're really in pain. And that's the problem. When that pain hits, that I mean, that's your body telling you something is wrong and you got to stop. But how many of us ignore that and just kind of write it out or just pop ibuprofen? Yep. We're going to be fine. Fix. Yep. Telling you something. And, you know, for some of us, this might mean, you know, you got to go to a chiropractor. You know, somebody that promotes wellness, you get a good chiropractor, acupuncturist, or however you say that, get one of those people to help you out that promote that when you reduce inflammation in the body, you know, when you get aligned, you promote wellness. Just the same with perio. When you reduce the perio, you're promoting wellness. So why wouldn't we do the same for ourselves? We're so big. We're such advocates on preventative uh, procedures, yet here we do things to our bodies that, uh, you know, far from preventative, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, such, such great points, Doug, especially like you said, we're, we're such advocates for preventative care. Um, and we're, we're such advocates for, I mean, we're professionals, right? Sharing our professional recommendations and expertise with our patients about what we know is best for them. So why don't we, you know, take some of our own advice and seek out the professional opinion of, of somebody like a chiropractor or an acupuncturist and, and, and lean into them for their expertise in that particular area. Exactly. And, and you don't have to start out big like we were talking about. It's good yeah. to go to the gym. Just, you know, if you are going to the gym and Jacqueline and I do, think about some of those exercises you're doing. Some may be hurting you, but some are actually very beneficial to what you're doing. So even if you can't go to the gym, like what about during morning huddle? You know, flex your fingers and do these exercises during your morning huddle. It, hey, if it's 10, 15 minutes of those, that's that's great. 
That's huge. Yeah. Get your whole team to do it with you. You Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Whole team. It's a great way to wake up and it's a great way to start the day off and, um, Mm -hmm. and loosen up some of those muscles and give them a good stretch. So, Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, Doug and I have really enjoyed, um, you know, sharing some of these tips with you, you know, as fellow hygienists, you know, again, we just, we knew we have, we've always known exercise is important for overall health, but a lot of us, you know, we just don't know and realize how instrumental this is in not only our overall health, but like Doug said, I mean, in extending the the lifespan of our hygiene career. So we hope that you can take uh, some of these exercises and some of these stretches, you know, into your day as soon as tomorrow. And Uh, We hope that we have kind of shared everything um, you as a hygienist would need to know about exercise. So we look forward to talking with you again on another episode of Hygiene Profit Leaders podcast. Stay tuned for the next one. It's been great, guys. Hopefully we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Bye-bye.